Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Life of the Lost, and today we have some breaking news. Sam actually read his adoption papers, and the reason why it's kind of breaking news is because he's had them, they've been in his house since you were adopted, but he's never actually read them. Did you even know you had them? Yeah, yeah, I did. I um, I guess I didn't really see an answer in them to like ever look. I don't know. I just I couldn't connect the dots. But you know that for whatever reason we started getting into that conversation and we went down that that road. So. Yeah, I feel like in the beginning I was like so much more excited than you. I was like, oh my god, I want to know. I want to know what it says. But I yeah. think like you were a little bit more laid back. You're like, all right, what does it say? Yeah, it's kind of story story of my life, right? Just very reserved like has to process certain things before I can really feel however I want to feel for whatever reason that might be yeah I feel like you're kind of you know when we get into a group setting you know you're kind of in the background just analyzing everybody and kind of seeing where they come from which is never a bad thing it's good to kind of like feel everything out before you kind of dive right just in. bum rush and just <laughs> start firing off random like t uh, talking points and <laughs> seeing what hits Nah, that's that's not my style <laughs> right but I think it's it's super cool. So before this episode, sometimes we plan everything out, right? But this time I asked him, I said, you know, do you want me to go through the questions with you? What'd you say? I think it's better that we just let it happen here. Let all the uh, truth of the feelings happen, if any, you know? Yeah. So. And I think that's super. It's going to be spontaneous. So yeah, let's definitely. get into it. The topic being your adoption papers. And I recorded everything because we really dug through them with his mom, with your adopted mom. And I think that was interesting because you didn't, it wasn't by yourself. You know, she kind of read them out loud to you. you know, how did that make you feel? Kind of interest, interested hearing new aspects of things that you already knew, but you didn't really know. It filled in a little, a little information. Made me want to speak to my older brother and my older sister via Facebook, send some kind words and just let them know that I'm thinking about them. And I don't think if it were for us having that conversation or if it were for us reading those papers, I don't think that I would have had the urge to want to say something to them. And so later on that night, it was actually quite nice. I had a little conversation with them. What was the first thing you asked them? That I wanted to let them know that I cared about them, even though that it's hard for me to speak Spanish and I'm sure that they don't know English. The language barrier is there. Just want to let them know that it, you know, I'm sorry that it's difficult, but that I care about them and that I love them. What's something that you that you heard that you've never heard before? Definitely the how you're talking about it, the over indulgence in the reasons why I was adopted, in the sense where they were saying that my mom had an older brother who had nine kids or something like that. And I'm just like, what? It was interesting, right? Because it said the reasons why she couldn't give you to her siblings. And yeah. that was it. It was kind of like, well, my brother has other kids and he can't take care of him. Yeah. And I guess, too, it's like I have no valid answer to whether or not that's true or not. I never asked my birth family, does our mom have an older brother? So I don't know. You know, and since my mom isn't here anymore, you know, I can ask my siblings, but... As of right now, I guess I don't really know. It was something interesting to think about. Nine kids, and you know, you're you're talking about you know I don't really have much of a family here. Meaning the ones that the family that I have, I love dearly, 
but you know, we're not a big family. You know, I don't have a bunch of uncles and, and aunts and, you know, nephews or, or anything. It's hard to relate. Yeah. And it, I guess it's just, it opened my eyes when, you know, I read that like, you know, she had an older brother with nine kids. I'm like, that's a lot of kids. That's a lot of extended family that I maybe never knew that I had, but maybe, maybe it was not true. I guess I'll, I mean, I'll probably find out soon. I guess I'll just ask my brother. Right. Like, and yeah. I think that's the interesting part, right? Because when I read mine, I was just asking everything. I was like, wait, but I read this. Tell me, tell me why. Tell me this. Is this true? And for yeah. you, you're a little bit more reserved and you kind of like, you're just kind of easing in. Yeah. I feel like in my life, I'm starting to be okay with not knowing certain things. And I think a lot of that drive to find answers kind of died when my mom died in a way because she was one of the she was the sole person to be a part of that adoption process. When did my, you my find out mom. that she died? Uh, I found out probably when I was like 12. But the thing was, it didn't really hit me. I didn't really understand it. It's still kind of, I don't know, maybe in five years, I'll look back at myself now and be like, wow, to think I was thinking that. And now I think completely differently, I guess, is an, also an interesting perspective. Going back to what you're saying, a lot of those questions kind of died with her. And, and that's, you know, it's, it you is, it is what it, it is. I, I definitely made peace with it. I definitely, you know, have dedicated my life to trying to build a foundation that I have here in this new life that I was given. And definitely that is a lot more in my mind as of lately, you know, within like the year or two, just the idea of how fortunate I am and how lucky I am to have the opportunities to be in this beautiful country of mine. It, like I said, it's, it's given me everything that I, that I hold dear and that I love and everything that made me me. I guess that's my perspective. It's kind of like a little contrast to yours. Um, but for different reasons. Yeah, know? I feel like the answers to my adoption lie here. They don't necessarily lie in Peru. Yeah. And especially now that, you know, my, my sister is in California which was kind of like breaking news when we found that out. Yeah, it was I, very interesting. Like we had no idea. Yeah, yeah. The last time I spoke to her, she uh, was traveling through Mexico. So let's just to, back up really quick too. Yeah. You have connections with your brother and sister via Facebook. Yeah. And something that you've told me is that you're a little bit nervous to talk to them because a lot of the time they want to video chat with you, but it's really hard because you don't speak Spanish. And so you kind of hesitate to do that, which really just severs the connection completely. Yeah. And I think it's that's pivotal in how we kind of move forward because you have these adoption papers, you're reading through them, and then you're finding out, you know, your sister is actually in California. Your oldest brother is in California. And how they got there, you have no idea. And yeah. you, you know, it's, it's a question, but you didn't necessarily ask them that you know you talk to them and just told them certain things and it's you're very reserved in that in that sense yeah no definitely um but I guess I, now that I'm thinking about it, I definitely think that it stems from like my upbringing here I don't know for whatever reason you know me and my mom here my adoptive mom we're very close you know um emotionally and you know we talk about a lot but there are some things that we are very aware of not to talk about we kind of you know it's kind of like your business is your business in a way but like my mom's not necessarily like how i am but i'm kind of more like your business is your business you want to 
talk to me, feel free, and I'll, I'll give you my insights and I'll give you my perspectives on whatever it is that you're dealing with at the time. You know, my mom, I guess, it's kind of like... You guys kind of keep to yourself. For our own reasons. It's interesting. Yeah. I, and I don't really know her because based on that, you know, we don't really have certain things that we kind of just let be. So yeah, when, when you're talking about asking those questions about how my my brother and my sister got to America. For me, I'm a little bit like, your business is your business. I'm just glad you're here. I hope if it wasn't due to this virus, you know, I would have loved to make it made a trip over there finally and seen them because prior to that, you know, it was a lot harder. It's just a lot more of a stress to kind of go to Peru and uh, compared to like California. And I've always been wanting to go to Vegas anyways <laughs> to, uh, you know, check out the new Raiders stadium. I don't know if you see this. <laughs> but uh, I love the Raiders. Yeah. It all connects, and the location is pretty close too. So yeah, I don't know. It's hard too because I'm sure some people listening are like, "Ah, oh, why did you bring up the Raiders and the stadium? And how you know you're talking about the Raiders versus your family?" I think that not everybody has the same story. Not everybody has the same experience. I think we have to connect things internally. And if you want to compare it to you know seeing the Raiders and seeing them at the same time and making that trip over there, anyways that's okay and i think some people would be you know would question that you know why would you even compare it to that yeah no i definitely i you know i don't know on the off topic i have no idea why i love the raiders so much i mean i guess i do but i guess thinking about it, it's like you know why why would i earlier come to you and just be like Hey, uh, hey, Megan, I bet I can uh, name every single Raiders player on the <laughs> offense. You want to see? You want to see? Like, kind of like. I feel like I have that thing still. Wait, wait, wait. I do. I don't uh, know if you can see it. Maybe I should like scan it and take a picture of it. But Don't mind my chicken scratch. But but Sam literally, I don't know. It was just really random out of the blue. He He's like, I can I can name every single Raider. And yeah. he did. Yeah. Which, which is really funny. But I don't know. I feel like that kind of all relates to because the Raiders are always known as the misfits, right? Yeah, the misfits, but more deeply, which I've learned later on doing, uh, you know, more research in terms of into Al Davis and just, I just truly love how, how that man operated his life. You know, I truly loved how he really cared about the whole Raiders organization as a whole. And he really took the time to call out third string players, rookie players who had no impact on a team prior to, you know, getting drafted and just being like, do you have time to talk? Yeah, I do. Let me tell you what it's what, what it means to be a Raider and having that kind of talk about the lifestyle of, of the, the Raider brand. And I guess I have not found that in any other team. And, I, you know, I, I like a lot of teams. You know, I follow and I watch football all the time. But yeah, sorry. Side note. To <laughs> no, that. I don't think it is a side note. I think but, that it all relates because going back to kind of your adoption papers. Well, I guess know. it all relates in a sense because Al Davis, John Gruden, those two guys are like really, you know, I, I just really love what they stand for. And maybe because I maybe lacked male role models in my life, I really gravitated to guys who kind of became parental father figures in a sense, you know, whether I look, uh, admire them from afar. I definitely take their, the way they live their life and I adopt it into the way I live my life. Who else <laughs> do you kind of like adopt that? that kind of lifestyle and look up to as far as like a father figure definitely rich piana <laughs> i don't know <laughs> if you guys know of him uh rest in peace yeah i just i really love that guy i really love that guy because he was different and because you know he wasn't he wasn't scared to be different and he always couldn't help but being different and he picked life choices that could you know for did harm him but he did it because he believed in it and he loved it and 
he he was a nice guy and i and i felt bad because he was misunderstood he you know people just saw him and how big he was and all of his tattoos and they're judging him and just being like this dude he's he's a fool for doing x y and z Mm -hmm. but if you take the time to like listen to him and just watch his videos and it's just it's just like he's just an amazing guy he really is he has a really kind heart and i guess that's the theme right People who at first appearance are kind of like, you know, John Gruden, Al Davis, you know, very rugged. Yeah, kind of like snappy, like loud mouths. To be honest, like you look at John Gruden, the the coach of the Raiders, and he's known as Chucky, right? The doll. Because of that that look, that evil look. He has that fierce look, but it doesn't mean, it's interesting, right? Because sometimes I tell you too, you kind of have a fierce look about you. You know, when you're walking in the streets, you, you, you look intimidating. You have that very serious look, but... It doesn't necessarily mean that that's that's who you are. You know, you have this fierce look, but you have so much to offer, so much to give, so much kindness, so much love. And that's kind of what John Gruden represents is like, yes, he's serious. He means business when he means business, but he also loves the Raiders. He also loves every single player. Yeah. And that's why he's serious, because he loves it, because, you know, there's time for being nice. There's time for being like, yo, you did a great job. But then there's also times you're kind of like, let's get this done. We got to get this done now and we'll celebrate after. Believe me, you know, but for now, you know, we're, we're, we got to put the work in. Yeah. That also, it was interesting too, because I guess over the years I've started to kind of under- think about that and kind of understand too that like them, I would say that they're fiery guys and why they're fiery guys is because I think there's, there's a lot of emotion in them. I think that because they're fiery guys, it's their ability to express those emotions in productive ways you know what i'm trying to say like there's just so much coming out from them that they get fiery they get loud they get you know but it's the passion passion and i think that's something you can relate to as well with like the passion of music the passion and what drives that as a lot of things i think for you especially you know being adopted you you want to give back you want to prove kind of like your your worth and I think like that that's the passion that you see in these other people. Backtracking a little bit as well, going into Creed. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Creed Creed was the foundation, I'd like to say. It's wild. I you know, words can't ex- express how how those one last breath and like my sacrifice at like eleven, I'd have to say like ten. I don't know when the albums came out, but that withered album, I think it was like two thousand one i just remember i was really young with a lot of emotion nowhere to put it you know and i you know i didn't always have the the easiest childhood i was you know i i struggled with a lot of anger and a a lot of sadness and where do you think that stems from i think because i'm a very loyal guy like in the sense of i i'm very loyal to the things that i like and i think that all stems you know taking that all back i felt really upset i think as as a baby that I was taken away from from my mom multiple and, times. I yeah. think that's an interesting thing to talk about as well. Kind of shifting gears and going back into the adoption papers, what we read, you know, and what your what your adoptive mom told us is that she had come down to Peru two times. Yeah, and the first time she had come down, she had stayed a bit with you. She didn't know who you were with necessarily before that, and when she gave you back because she had to come back to the states. She didn't know where you were. Who knows Who knows what person you were given to? Maybe you were given back to your mom. We don't know what kind of caregiver you were given to. 
and you were kind of going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and we don't know where you were I just think that that is a pivotal moment to think that you were being loved by all of these different people you were taken in you were held by these people who loved you but then you're also given away to somebody and then taken in and then given away and I can't help to think that that's really important in this process yeah it definitely definitely was i think because i was um because i felt like you know i'm a, like a child a baby I, I guess i didn't know the future so at the time i was upset i think internally in my in my heart and in my soul um which is why i think that i i wasn't like an easy kid like i cried all the time you know my mom always told me like i would not stop crying so I can't help but think older, like maybe that was the reason. Just um, feeling, you know, intensity, feeling like loyalness to someone or something, you know, whether it be my mom or whether it be like silly as like, or, you know, as simple or as, as transparent as like the Raiders. Going back to when I found Creed, it was kind of like a, a light bulb went out, <laughs> went out, <laughs> a light bulb went on. <laughs> A lot of it didn't make sense, but a lot of it did. And that was the drive to, well, one, understand and, and all these feelings that I had and do something about it. I think that was the first time in my life that I couldn't just listen to music by itself. It didn't have any taste to me. It, I had to be a part of it. I had to make it, the, the music. I had to, you know, create my own, that, that seed of an idea turned into more ideas, which was, you know, going down the rabbit hole of music too, which later on in my life, I got more into dabbled with other genres like metal. And that was a big part of my life too. But um, Creed was always of, a constant. And it's kind of made you who you are. Like you, I know you always tell me that story is where you were kind of just closed off in an area and you were listening to that song, you know, one of the songs and you just really felt so much emotion and like you said, you had to do something about it, which is where kind of the guitar, you picked up guitar from it. Yeah. And that led to, like you said, metal, which led to other things. And it kind of... My whole life was based around it. Like, I mean, I remember in, in middle school, I would, with the two friends that I only, the only two friends that I knew played music. And one of them just played because the other friend was playing. And all we do is just play like during lunch when all the other kids were just, you know, having their lunch and just doing kid things we were in there we were practicing and we were writing songs and i was always the one who's a little bit more serious than both of them but but i i took what i could get right you know if you can play drums like let's let's do it and so during high school they kind of got their own interests and they found their own roads that they wanted to go down and but mine was constant and i was in search for other musicians and that's when went into the era of metal music when i found to, uh, musicians at the time that I spent majority of my high school years playing with and that was some of the best uh, experiences I ever had in my life like I literally couldn't wait to go home after school and just have my guitar and just jet up to practice and we just practiced all afternoon until it was night until we were starving <laughs> and I don't it's like such a baffling to me a lot of people struggle with consistency they struggle with things of sticking to something that i couldn't get enough of it nobody told you to do this yeah. nobody said like hey you should find something to do with your life but on a daily basis like you wake up super early you grind you get into exactly what you want to do you get into your passion and that says a lot about somebody you know you you found your niche 
whether yeah. it was metal, it started as metal and has maybe progressed to something else, you found it and you're working every single day. You're putting in hours and hours of work towards, yeah. you know, your passion. It's just wild for me to think taking a route back. You take music all the way from it's, you know, the current state of, of where I am right now, all the way back to when I first discovered it with Creed and all the way back to why I feel like I was gravitated towards it, which was just so much emotion that I always have had since I was a child. Yeah. Definitely proud. Definitely proud that I was able to keep, keep a dream alive for this long and for years to come because I love it. It's who I am. Yeah. Yeah. I think circling back to your adoption papers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you could, um, so I have like, I have so many questions right now. I think the one thing I want to ask you is what's something that you learned in your adoption papers that you had no idea about? I think my dad's name. It's interesting, you know, when, when you have, you think of somebody, but you don't have a name, that, that person almost becomes like an object in a way. There's that thing over there, this person, my dad. What is a dad? I don't even have a name, let alone a face. Mm -hmm. So just knowing that little bit of information definitely was interesting. What did it make you feel when you heard his name? <sighs> That's it, <laughs> you know? Maybe you can relate. You know, you go through a big chunk of your life always wondering, like, who is this person going to be? How are they going to be? Are they going to be like me or or all these X, Y, and Z's? And, Z's? And, and then sometimes I feel like you know, and you're like, thought this was going to go a little differently, but that's okay. But... I guess that's kind of like my initial reaction was, that's an interesting name. <laughs> <laughs> Did you that's have all. any kind of expectations when we, um, we were all going through your adoption papers? No. No, I didn't. But it was nice to know a little bit of background in terms of whether or not some of those reasons were real or not. Mm -hmm. That my mom did have reasons, legitimate, you know, legal, I guess, on paper reasons um, that she did give me up. So that was also nice to... Uh, know that I might have not have known prior so it just aiding to my understanding of why I was adopted because I view it as a very a very I view it as a blessing huge blessing yeah I think it was really important to kind of to kind of see the other side of maybe something that your mom was thinking and I think it's also important to to think that sometimes like we talked about previously the adoption papers aren't always 100% accurate. And like you said, your mom has passed away, so you don't necessarily yeah. have those answers. Yeah, that's true. But if she was here, if she was here today, what's one thing you would want to know? That's a, that's a really good question. I, I don't even know. I, I mean, I guess I would, I would want to ask why. But now when I think about it, why it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore because I'm here and I'm so blessed and I'm so thankful. And so I guess regardless of that reason, you know, like once she could, and you know, you don't, I don't even know who this person is. They could be like, cause I didn't give a fuck or because I needed money or because I couldn't take care of you whatever road I envision her saying, it's just kind of like. You're taking it face value. I feel you, I feel you, you know, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's life, you know, but just thank you 
you know, I mean, thank you for not just throwing me in a ditch somewhere. Just, you know, I'm throwing me off a mountain. Like, you know, what's to say that that wasn't an option? Just leaving me out in the street for somebody to pick me up. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I truly, you know, I guess the one thing that I thought of too, the more my, my mom was reading was just how wild fate is. All of these moving parts you know, between my mom, like, adopting, potentially adopting somebody in, in um, Romania. Romania, and then potentially adopting somebody in the Dominican Republic, I was just like, wow, it could have been a Dominican guy sitting here, or, or a Romanian guy sitting here, just talking to you, I mean, I, you know, like, it, that, that doesn't even equate, because the whole life would be different, because they're not Completely. me, so yeah, I couldn't help but think, the more I knew, the, the kind of scarier it was to like how fraction of a second to the left or to the right, I could have not been here. Yeah. So it's just like I said, it just doubles down on my on my feeling of being blessed and yeah. just truly appreciating everything that I have here. Mm-hmm. It's not always an easy road, you know. I definitely struggled with a lot of people's lack of information on who I am and, and judging me on face value and less on me like i said i i wouldn't trade it for the world i i I love being here it's a it's a blessing yeah i think that's the to think you know your adoptive mom was in search for a baby and she was this close to getting a baby from romania she was this close to getting a baby from dominican republic yeah like the only thing that stopped her from that romanian child was the dad if they would have found the dad and they got the dad to sign those papers, that would have been a wrap. Yeah. That's just, and you would not be here right now. Yeah. And I would not be here right now because when you think about it in perspective, like how we met, we met in Peru yeah. on a, the journey to meet our adoptive families. And I want to be sitting here with somebody who is adopted from Roma- or from Romania or Dominican Republic. It, yeah. That's just the facts. There's no way I would be sitting here. And I think... <laughs> Some could say it's fate. Some could say it's something else. But I don't know. It's, it's that, that part really struck me, especially when she was reading. I guess what's scary is just knowing that it could be just like a, a genuine mathematical equation of just random variables that just line up for no reason at all. And you are just a product of that. Like everybody else, I suppose, in life and every decision that they make and every reason behind their upbringing made them who they are but then we go back really quick to three yeah the number three is relevant for i don't know why i don't know why number three is so relevant in your life but you were the third child that she was going to adopt you know all the first two fell through the peruvian baby you know was who she ended up getting who your adoptive mom ended up adopting and you were born on November 3rd. You're in your adoption papers. At 3 p.m. At 3 p.m. Your adoption paper, you had abandoned your mom when you were only three months in her belly. Tis, tis, dad. <laughs> I think we could go on and on. There's a lot of um, relevance to number number three. And I yeah. think that's just, it's interesting, you know? You don't really know what that means or if it means anything at all, but I think that that number kind of carries on in your life, and I think that 
That's really awesome. It's my favorite number, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know why. Maybe it means nothing. Maybe I'm overthinking everything. But I think when we were reading but the papers. it's just that question, too. Yeah. Or maybe it does. You know? Like, it's, <laughs> can't, you know, it's, it's, such a, it's such a hard thing to wrap your head around, right? You can't knock it. Like, do you, do you believe in, like, free will? Do you believe you can make your own destiny? Or do you believe that everything is planned out? No matter what you decision you choose, you'll end up right where you're supposed to be. And that, that thought can eat people up alive, which mm -hmm. is, you know, wow. But Yeah, I think it's been a good talk about yeah. your adoption papers. I think there's all there's so much time to go deeper into them. And, and uh, like I said, I, I recorded a lot of it, a lot of um, your adoptive mom talking about it and your reaction and my reaction because I was just as surprised at, um, to find out a lot of this information as well. And I think for me, because I had a previously read mine, yeah. I was just so like, oh my God, I want to know everything, kind of like in yours. And I think it, it was really exciting for me. And I know for you, it's a little bit more, you're at peace with where you're at. And reading your adoption papers are just, you know, another level. Yeah, It, it adds to you, but it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't break you. And any it doesn't kind define of, me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a, it's important. Yeah, and I guess too, like I'm, I feel really blessed that um, my life, uh, I've had my fair share of life hitting me, you know, and I'm just, I'm just really blessed that, you know, I know a lot of adoptive people do struggle with their place in this world and what they can contribute to this world and what they want to do with their lives. And I'm just, I'm just very grateful that I know those questions I have. I'm more hugely more optimistic on that it's weird it's like you know you know that you you know the end of your journey so it's just a matter of how to kind of get there what do you mean you know the end of your journey well i know my goals okay i know what i want to be 100 percent. i i can tell you to the t mm -hmm. and you know through my life the things that i've always worked hard for and i strive for there was <laughs> very very little things but i will say that hard work persistence being true to yourself it pays off it pays off and to not give up because when you least expect it it'll come and you just have to have faith in your abilities and in yourself i'm just blessed that um that i can sit here and i can talk to you about about this and, and have this kind of mindset about life because i wasn't always like that I, I I wasn't. So one last question I have for you is how do you feel about your adoption and this story? Just blessed for the opportunity. Really blessed for the opportunity and like, let's go, you know, like, let's do something with this opportunity. Let's make something, something special, something beautiful. And that's my mission. That's that's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll probably end it right there. I think it's really special, to be honest, to sit back and talk to you about these things because if you know Sam, he doesn't necessarily open up all the way, all the time. And today, when I asked him, you know, do you want to know the questions I have for you or not? You know, it's important that you're kind of like, you know, just wing it. Let's do this. Let's get into this. And I think that's important. And, and I appreciate you opening up and talking to me and talking to the world, you know, about everything that's going on in your yeah. mind as far as adoption. 
It's my pleasure. <laughs> All right. All so right, we guys. will see you next time. Bye.